This podcast of the Radio Cafe comes to you via radiocafe.org, where you can find more information and many other podcasts. Technical support comes from Studio X, providing website design, hosting, e-commerce, and social media marketing, serving Santa Fe to the world since 1994. Find out more at studiox.com. And I'm delighted now to welcome back to the Radio Cafe Paul Perisky and Aku Oppenheimer. They are from the Northern New Mexico Sierra Club group, which has just produced the eighth edition of the book Day Hikes in the Santa Fe area. Welcome to the Radio Cafe. Thank you very much. Thank you. So I remember when I moved to Santa Fe many, many years ago, I got a much slimmer uh, edition of this book, Day Hikes in the Santa Fe Area. And uh, the book has really taken off over the years. What is the history of this project? Yeah, it's the original edition uh, was conceived of by Ann Young. There was nothing in this area. Uh, this was in the actually at the end of seventy nine, uh, about seventy nine, the end of the seventies. She had the idea as a hiker that we really needed a guide, and uh, she began encouraging people to to join her in the project. And by eighty one, the first edition was published with a just around a hundred pages, uh, maybe a couple more pages than that. And uh, they they had wonderful. Hikes, wonderful maps, but it was a very basic book, and the response was so big right away that uh, they came out with a second printing, and then ever since then, 35 years, uh, the book has remained uh, in print through uh, seven editions, and now we've put out the eighth edition. The book keeps on getting thicker, and there's more and more uh, trails that that are discussed. Does that mean there are more trails? No. You know, this is a really interesting phenomenon. This is because of the electronic media, I think, and the Internet. The communication about about hiking opportunities has expanded unimaginably. So there are meetup hiking groups uh, at meetup.com and, and the clubs, the New Mexico Mountain Club, uh, Los Alamos Mountaineers, the Sierra Club. We all have uh, the ability to communicate very directly and very quickly with members. And so more and more information is coming out there uh, about what hiking opportunities are out there. So uh, now I've I've shown many of my favorite hikes that were completely unlisted anywhere over the last few years, and and within months there are so many hikers hiking them that that these abandoned trail route or routes are becoming trails again. So the book size reflects the the increased hiking over many of these long forgotten or obscure routes. Now, do you find that some people say, oh, I don't want people to know about my favorite trail (laughs) because this is my little secret and that's where I like to go to be alone, that kind of thing? Yes, and I feel that a lot uh, myself. Yes, I do. I've, I've, I've taken groups to places that were really pretty fragile, and I was disappointed by what happened subsequently. So, and I know that um, without naming names, there was a terrific guidebook published in Los Alamos several years ago, and uh, it's now out of print. The The couple who published it said, no more additions. They, their, their favorite hikes are all crowded, and I'm really sympathetic with that. There's so many people 
hiking these these trails when they find out about them that it's really noticeable. Well, it's kind of a good thing because, I mean, hey, there's so many people who aren't getting enough exercise. I guess there's a lot of people who really are. One of the things, we're really fortunate to be in this area because there are so many wonderful hikes uh, in arid places, deserts, uh, the mountains, the rivers. It's it's exceptional, truly yes. exceptional. Yes, and my sense of it really, in a way, I had a, a quite. I had a. I got into this project uh, because I had a very strong vision of what the hiking book should become uh, as a long, long time hiker in the area, and um, I, I really felt when I, I've considered all these issues of hiding trails and so forth. I really felt that, as, as kind of Paul alluded to this, as as we expand the possibilities, the the number of people looking for opportunities will increase, but it will spread out over many more trails. And so I'm really excited to try to help people get more connected with all of northern New Mexico and spread out discovering the incredible beauty we have here. Now, one thing about trails is, I mean, it's one thing to have a trail that you love to go to and say, oh, this is my favorite place. I don't want it overrun. There's another aspect of that, too, which is that there's some pretty sensitive land ecosystems, places that you don't want to encourage erosion or overuse. How do you take that into account? Yeah, I can think of a couple of examples. And frankly, I've decided to quit taking people to a couple of those areas because it's got uh, the the soil, the cryptogramic soil that is very very delicate and um, and there's no way to protect it so I just have to find ways to bring people into those areas without taking them where it'll be really be damaging but that you know that works both ways because uh, our our new edition the eighth edition uh, includes um, one of my favorite hikes and it had been dropped in the previous edition I wanted to uh, reclaim it for New Mexico, and that's uh, Rancho Viejo. Um, that trail has been severely affected by post-fire flooding from the Pacheco Canyon Road fire and really obliterated in one place. Uh, and so I thought, if we get people going out to this incredibly important historical trail, very scenic, uh, the, just the traffic will reclaim the trail and actually improve the problems that have occurred with erosion. Interesting. <laughs> Another aspect is if people go out to hike, they relate to nature, and automatically they bond to it, and they become activists. They say, well, we have to protect the beauty that we see around us and we enjoy. And, and even if they see erosion, they uh, it might uh, light something up in their minds to say, we have to stop this erosion. We have to protect our watersheds. Good yeah, point. very important. And of course, this is all under the umbrella of the Sierra Club, which mm-hmm. is interested in, in exactly those issues. Exactly. And actually, the proceeds of this book um, go to fund our projects and, and a number of things, educational programs, and we even fund research. Um, and one of the big projects we're doing now um, is to protect Chaco from drilling uh, oil and gas. Uh, and these things do take a bit of money. And so the proceeds of this book go to help fund those projects. 
We're talking about the book Day Hikes in the Santa Fe area. What are some of the important features of this book? In other words, what do walkers, hikers, visitors need to know before they get out on the trail? Great question, uh, because this area, uh, encompassing so many, it encompasses almost all of the life zones, and so it runs from desert, it includes desert, up to high, high alpine uh, environments, and it has unique a unique set of characteristics and hazards for hikers. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen many people look at me in complete disbelief when I've said, you need to be prepared for this hike for a 25-degree drop in temperature in a half an hour. And they don't believe it. <laughs> but uh, that's certainly close to the worst I've ever seen here. But I've seen it numerous times, that very change. And so uh, we have a chapter on how to use this book that covers... Uh, the unique characteristics of this area and how to be sure that you have a safe hike uh, given those characteristics. I remember one day in late summer, early fall, going with a friend on a very hot day or very warm day in Santa Fe up to the top of the ski basin Mm -hmm. and taking a walk there. And luckily she had down jackets in her trunk because it was (laughs) so cold up there. (laughs) And it was late afternoon, and it got colder, and if we hadn't had our jackets, we would have been really cold. A great example. Yeah. Yes. And I myself, I I should never admit this for the record, but uh, years ago, unforgettably, I I had a couple of hours, maybe three hours, and I saw clear skies, sunny in the middle of the summer. I drove quickly up to the ski area. I was just going to run up to the top of the triple chair, or the quad, and no, the triple chair, and all the way up at of 12,000 feet. Everything was fine, and then the clouds came in, and before I could get to the top, uh, I had snow and hail. I had only a t-shirt with me, and (laughs) I became hypothermic and had to take refuge in this old skier's hut that they have, uh, a hiker's hut really now it's become, a hiker's refuge, until I could warm up enough to go back down. So perfect, you've named the perfect place here it is it's right here it's beautiful it's enticing and the weather can be great at the bottom but before you're done with a couple of hours of hiking you can really need some gear you can get in trouble there are people who have gotten lost there are people who've died on what to many of us we've taken those same walks and come out in the same day a few hours later perfectly happy and gone home that's yes. because they didn't have the Sierra Club hiking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can prevent, we can help you prevent all problems. You, we can help you prevent all problems. You heard it here on the Santa Fe Radio Cafe. <laughs> now, all of the trails that are in this book, are they on public land of one kind or another? Yes, uh, we have a strict rule, um, and it's all, that was part of the temptation to list other hikes that didn't quite qualify, but it's got to ha- be on public land, there's got to be no trespassing involved, and um, access has to be reasonably good as well. And that's a lot of different agencies that are managing that land. Mm-hmm. It's not all like national or, or state parks or public parks. That's correct, yeah. And uh, and sometimes it actually got kind of complicated. We've researched all that, and we have this incredibly uh, appealing to me, uh, all full-color new hike locator map 
on the inside of the front cover and a local or a more local one on the inside of the back cover. And for the first time, we're showing land ownership uh, in color on the map so that people have more of a sense of what who owns the rights to the land they're walking on. And a good example um, of how it can get complicated is we have one hike um, uh, on the CDT trail uh, now that's a new hike, and it starts in the Santa Fe National Forest, and it goes um, also into the Chamo Wilderness. And so we really weren't sure about that. We had to look into all this ourselves. We just thought it was a Santa Fe National Forest hike, but it's really um, a wilderness hike that is in the Santa Fe National Forest, but that is managed by the BLM. And these things get really complicated. And most of us who are just hiking don't, doesn't really matter because the main thing is that everybody hikes safely and keep up hiking etiquette. What are some of the things that people should know about hiking etiquette? Well, you really, you should really make sure that if you bring a dog, your dog is in con- under your control. And this is this is the law or the regulation in national forests. You need to have your dog under control. Um, this is really one of the most common problems that I've seen over the years. Um, yielding to other hikers. Uh, I see so many hikers that don't yield. They are probably in a reverie or they just don't know etiquette and they don't yield to anybody. Um, Certainly, the the standard etiquette is posted on these wonderful signs in many places through the national forests of of everybody yielding to horses and bikes yielding to hikers. Uh, so that's a good rule of thumb to keep in mind. A horse needs to be taken very seriously. Don't yeah. mess with horses. Don't mess with mm-hmm. horses, and when you see them stand or on bears. the uphill, <laughs> yes, or yeah, bear. do not mess with bears. You heard that here first too. Yeah. Well, and. I think it's important also you you can find out in advance whether the trail you're going on is a trail where you might encounter bikes because mm-hmm. you'll be have to be careful in a different way if it's a, a mixed-use trail that includes mm-hmm. bikers and hikers, for example. Yes, certainly. And I should say that uh, the bike mountain biking in, in the area has become a whole different thing, very courteous, very positive, very constructive due to the Fat Tire Society in in Santa Fe. Um, And another important um, aspect of etiquette, really, is um, one you've heard a a lot of times, but it's um, don't break or cut things down, don't cut corners on the trail, be aware of causing erosion and destruction and Mm -hmm. try to avoid it. The old take nothing but pictures, leave nothing but footprints. Right, exactly. No trash. No trash. No trash. Carry everything out. Right. Now, there are other safety precautions that people should take besides having having the right clothing for temperature and knowing in advance what that could be, maybe having your rain gear, having your water. Another thing is knowing your own limits. Yes, Yes, that's a really good point because uh, the altitude here, the altitude and the temperature changes as well as the the precipitation and weather changes, are so ex- can be so extreme here that that uh, even really experienced hikers have to be careful about knowing their limits on a hike. I once had the experience. I was hiking 
years ago with a friend who was here from out of town and it was late in the day but not that late and I was there with my dog and my friend and we missed a turn so mm-hmm. in order to get back to the car it would have been another half an hour but instead it was like another two hours <sighs> that we were out on the trail and we were there in the dark and we ended up much higher on you know higher on Hyde Park Road mm-hmm. than we had started so when we found the road finally we had to hike <laughs> down the road to the car mm-hmm. and it had started to snow and it was one of those days and you know you can get into that reverie state or you can get into deep conversation with your best friend and you miss trail markers so that's another thing to really be careful of it really is and if i were trying to, as you're talking about this common problem <laughs> that many people have encountered. I'm trying to think of a universal principle, and the universal principle that occurs is you. if you spend a little time thinking about the difference between how this hike will be if everything goes as you plan and how it will be if th- various things might happen, Right. You re- it's really worthwhile to consider Both. take. Both. <laughs> Thank yeah. you, Paul. Both. So, so for example, I mean, I personally now, after 43 years of hiking on the trails around Santa Fe, I take on every hike a good first aid kit, a repair mm-hmm. kit with extra laces, pliers, knife, uh, repair tape in case my pack splits open because the sunlight can weaken pack fabric and so forth. I also take a headlamp and extra batteries. I take rain gear, uh, so I there'll be people that laugh at me, but they won't laugh when the conditions change on them. Right. Another thing you can take is a smartphone with a uh, GPS app on it. Really helpful now. Very, very helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, can you get GPS in places where the, you can't get cell phone signal? Yes, from satellites. Right. Yes, it's it's uh, we're uh, talk about great technology. The <laughs> the upside of the times we live in is we have fantastic GPS apps now, which allow you to turn off all cellular connectivity and just rely on a minimal battery drain and GPS connection with the satellite system. We've got just a moment left, but I wanted to ask each of you what are what is your maybe favorite hike or favorite hiking experience? Mm. That's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I, I could not pin one down. I, um, I really, uh, you know, I never get tired of doing any of the hikes in the area. I can't tell you. I've been up uh, Adelaide hundreds and hundreds of times, and I never get tired of it. And in a real Honest way, I enjoy it every bit as much as every time I go up Santa Fe Baldy. I would say for this area, my favorite hike is Deception Peak, mm-hmm. which I've done many times. And first time I did it, I did it with my daughter, who now lives in Belgium. But uh, it was wonderful to have my daughter and this wonderful hike at the same time. It was mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Well, those hikes and many more can be found in the book Day Hikes in the Santa Fe Area. The eighth edition has just been released by the Northern New Mexico group of the Sierra Club. Aku Oppenheimer and Paul Periski are members of that group and instrumental in getting this book out to the general public. 
There will be an event at the Travel Bug Bookstore this Friday evening from five to seven, where these gentlemen will be talking about the book and making it available to the public. Another event on Saturday at REI from ten to two. That's here in Santa Fe, and then there's also a small event on Sunday from three to five at Collected Works Bookstore. And、uh, will this book be available? In well, it's it's available in the paper format, and maybe someday there will be an ebook as well. Yes,、Hopefully. we will investigate that. And I just want to say, I want to let people know who have the red or the blue or the green past edition that this is a drastically different edition with、yeah. a full color plastic laminated cover and twenty five percent more、uh, pages and full color locator maps and on and on. We've re- completely redone this from cover to cover. There's no better. Hiking guide to、uh, northern New Mexico, period, and no more up-to-date one either. Now,、yeah. Aku and Paul, thank you so much for being with us on the Radio Cafe. Thank、But、you. Thanks very much. Happy trails. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To support the program, you can go to radiocafe.org. Many thanks to StudioX.com for their technical support and web design.